Deciding not to go back to school at age 23 because you believe you're too old, that's an illusion. So how does that differ to go back to school at age, let's say, 50? It doesn't differ. Both ages are basing their decisions on fear, the fear of being the oldest in the classroom or the fear of not graduating with your natural cohort. I mean, both of those are about fear and not about goals and results. Welcome to Age-Free Woman. Don't let age be your cage. What does age-free woman mean? It means that we, women in mid to later years, we make decisions based on our capabilities, our goals, our desires, but not age. Hey, hey, hey. This is part two of Kicking Age Expectations to the Curb. I am your host, Angela Seaborn. In the previous episode, part one, I was sharing my story of how I started using age as a cage in my tweens. I ended the episode at the part where my sister had turned sweet 16 and my family and I were picnicking in a park and my sister was in her bikini and a guy on a bicycle couldn't keep his eyes off her and he smashed into a big tree. So if you haven't listened to part one, I suggest you do so now. After witnessing the event in the park, I was blown away because everything that I had seen on television and in the movies, I now saw for myself with my own eyes happen to my sister. And if I had any doubt about how magical Sweet Sixteen really was, it was gone. For me, That experience solidified my belief that Sweet Sixteen was nothing less than a panacea waiting to happen. In retrospect, if I had shared my thoughts and beliefs with my sister, or even just asked her how did she feel now that she was 16, a real teenager, quote unquote, was what I witnessed in the park as exciting for her as I thought thought it was, or as I imagined it was, and imagined how it would be for me, if I had only asked, I may have saved myself a lot of future disappointment. Because I'm sure she'd say something like, ah, 16, well, it's no big deal, or you just swap one set of problems for another kind of problem, Angela. But I didn't ask. Maybe I did not want to hear the truth. Maybe I wanted to believe otherwise. But then again, hindsight is twenty-twenty. Anyway, at the time, I continued to turn up the volume on our RCA stereo, which was the size of a a dresser (laughs) with its built-in record player and eight-track cassette deck. Whenever I would hear songs on the radio like She was only 16, only 16, 
Ooh, how I love that girl so. And what was the other one? Oh, yeah. She's 16. She's beautiful. And she's mine. And there were so many more. So, again, for me, 16 was the precipice of a woman's beauty and desirability. At no other time in my life would I be more perfect. And whenever I had a bad day at school or I was experiencing some complex emotion that I couldn't make heads or tails of, I found solace in dreaming of how perfect my life would be when I finally turned 16. Now, everybody listening, you know this is a big setup. You know this belief is merely magical thinking at best. So maybe I should just end the story here, huh? No, okay, I won't. (laughs) Let me tell you what happened. Well, my 16th birthday finally arrived. I was ecstatic. I danced around our family's living room, kicking my legs out like a can-can girl, spouting, I'm a teenager, I'm a teenager. The same song and dance my older sister gave a few years earlier, and my two younger sisters would also partake in a few years down the road. Later, returning to school, Now, age 16, I waited to see if people would notice my transformation. I studied their faces, but nothing. There was no change in how anyone looked at me or interacted with me. I was still the same. I was the same as before my birthday. I reassured myself, ah, I'll be 16 all year. That's more than enough time for my transformation. And with that, I waited. And I waited. Days turned to weeks. Weeks turned to months. And still, nada. The only change I was aware of were my breasts were much larger and they hurt. And my jeans fit better That was good, but I really didn't enjoy how I felt because it made me feel fat, not beautiful. My hopes and dreams all came crashing down on my 17th birthday. I felt like God or whoever decided, for whatever reasons, that I was not worthy of this transformation. I was devastated. From here on in, getting older became a curse. I started to experience the feeling of time running out. Of course, for the most part, I I moved on. I, I didn't stay stuck in that whole Sweet 16 saga. These emotions naturally took their course and eventually they just dissipated and didn't leave any big scars or anything like that. However... It would take many years before I could listen to a song about Sweet Sixteen or watch a movie about it without feeling a big pit in my stomach. Overall, these ageist beliefs just caused me unnecessary suffering. In fact, later on, my ageist beliefs did affect me. It actually set me back three years. 
You will hear about this next when I'm talking about wanting to go back to school when I was 23 years old. Ageist thinking and beliefs continued to be prominent in my life. And I continued to use age as a compass right into my 20s. You know, at age 23, I believed I was too old to go back to school, which in hindsight appears ridiculous. But the shame and the fear of, and the judgment I felt at that time felt real for me. Of course, that judgment was my own judgment and my fear of others judging me. Eventually, I bit the proverbial bullet, and at 26, I returned to school. One day after school, I was in my living room, and I noticed a book that my roommate accidentally left behind. The title, Ageless Body, Timeless Mind, by Deepak Chopra. I picked it up and started flipping through it. I was hooked immediately. The next day, I went out and bought my own copy. This book changed my life. It spoke to me. I saw for the very first time in my life how society's message around age could be poisonous if adopted. I started to see age as more of a concept, sometimes even an illusion, and of course, a way of measuring time, but not a tool to measure one's capability. From that point forward, I felt confident that age would no longer be my cage, and I never, never looked back. In fact, I returned to school again later in life, in my 30s, and then for my master's degree in my mid-40s. And if the urge should arise again to go back to school now in my 50s, for sure, I will do it. No questions asked. And I would not have any feelings of shame or fear because I've processed that. I've been working on that. I've, I've overcome these barriers. I overcame them a very long time ago. And if I can overcome these barriers, you can too. Not to say that suddenly all my ageist beliefs just disappeared. No, not at all. It would take time to change the brain's wiring, you know, the old beliefs replacing the new beliefs. However, what did happen right away was I became more aware of when my ageist beliefs would come up in myself or witnessing them in others. In time, it became easier for me to deal with those emotions that usually accompany those age decisions, like those emotions of shame and fear. Eventually, they did not hold the same power over me. And my world began to open up. I felt freer. I felt more autonomous in control of my own destiny. When you are able to see that you can do whatever it is you want to do, that feels amazing. And life becomes so much more enjoyable. So when not so good times come, and they do, you can overcome them because you know what's on the other side. To be clear, when I say you can do anything, I'm not implying you can do it with ease. It takes a lot of hard work, but it's not rocket science. 
just a lot of hard work. You know, I went to school uh, part-time while I worked full-time. Then I went to school full-time while I worked part-time. I got student loans. And when I graduated, my education now afforded me a very good job where I was paid very well. And I paid off those student loans. As you can see, I'm not talking about sitting back and letting the universe do the work for you. No, I'm just talking about digging in, doing the work, and things will happen. It may take time, you may have pitfalls, but things will happen. Yes, you may encounter ageism along the way. However, with consistent effort, you will see progress. Had I not had that transformative experience around age at the time when I read the book, I don't think I would be where I am today. I would not have achieved these other goals that were and still are very, very important to me and close to my heart. Are, they are part of me. And I don't think I would have even started this podcast. I would have been too self-conscious and worried about not sounding right or people judging me. I mean, now I know that I don't always sound right. And I know that, of course, there are going to be people who judge me or make negative comments. However, there will also be people who appreciate the effort that I put in making these uh, podcasts available to all of you. And that's what I focus on. And let's take a small break and listen to one of our age-free woman listeners. She emailed in to say what makes her an age-free woman, all the way from Sydney, Australia, 58-year young woman. Age or aging were never really words I would use or even think about too often. It just wasn't. For some, a detriment, but for others, an exciting new phase. I am the latter. As you often hear and read, aging is a blessing for which some don't get the privilege. For me, each stage in life has been viewed as a new passage, a new experience, a new way of doing things. And as I write to tell you this, this stage I am heading into, I am armed with a lot more than the other times and for that, I am so very thankful and grateful for. So, with this philosophy and that of Angela Seaborn's motto, she so correctly puts forth to us, don't let age be your cage. There is no reason why age should inhibit you in your continuous journey. Thank you for that wonderful submission, age-free woman, 58 years young from Sydney, Australia. Deciding not to go back to school at age 23 because you believe you're too old, that's an illusion. So how does that differ to go back to school at age, let's say, 50? It doesn't differ. Both ages are basing their decisions on fear, the fear of being the oldest in the classroom or the fear of not graduating with your natural cohort. I mean, both of those are about fear and not about goals and results. 
You may be saying, what about the money? What if I can't afford it? I have a family. Well, you could study part-time. You can start small. That's what I did. I studied part-time initially just to keep my dream alive. Even if it's only one course every six months, at least you are continuing in the education process. And step-by-step, step, you're getting closer to your goal. And your brain is naturally adapting and getting used to being involved in the education system. For those who are very fearful about starting something new, and in this case, going back to school, starting part-time, going slowly, is an excellent way of getting used to doing something new and helps to build your confidence in the process. As a society, in the West anyway, when it comes to making life decisions in adulthood, we use age as a reason why we cannot do A, B, or C, like whether or not to study a language or to take up a new sport or to take up a new um, hobby, to travel, or whether or not to start dating again in midlife or later. Conversely, rarely do we use age to motivate us to achieve our goals, such as I want to do A, B, and C because, you know, I'm 50, I'm 55, I'm 60, I'm 70, whatever it may be, and I only have so many years left, so I'm going to do this, or at least take a shot at it. I'm going to fulfill my goals, my dreams, my wishes. This is my time, and I've earned it. And for some of us, your goals and your wishes and your dreams may be just to relax and chill and go live on a beach somewhere and, you know, write in a journal or do some painting. It could be just hanging out with your family. The point I'm stressing is it's our time. This is our time to do what we want, not what we believe society or our family members want. Those days are gone. And the rest of your life is not a dress rehearsal. As mentioned earlier, we begin internalizing ageism very young, beginning as young as toddlers, when we cannot think for ourselves and are most vulnerable to imprinting. Just think about it. We are exposed to ageist beliefs that are buried in humorous cartoons, fairy tales, comic books, and the like. <laughs> I recall watching Bugs Bunny in Looney Tunes as a child. I would laugh hysterically at cartoons such as one where a grandmother-type woman, she's walking across the street, you know, she's shuffling along feebly, appearing fragile and at risk of danger as cars speedily zip by her. I don't know if any of you remember this one. Anyway, um, so these cars are zipping by her without her even noticing. <laughs> That's how senile she is appearing. And then finally, a young man sees her and he runs out and he attempts to help her across the busy intersection. She becomes annoyed by the gesture and she pulls out her cane or an umbrella and she starts beating him over the head with it. It was very funny for me as a kid, but at what expense? Older women are so much more than those two opposites, the grumpy old lady or the feeble you know, senile woman. But nonetheless, we get those kind of stereotypes, those binary stereotypes in childhood. And the imprinting happens with or without our child self's, right, approval. 
For centuries, the word age and its relationship to the female gender has gained some heavy semantic baggage. Age, a simple innocuous word created out of the concept of time, has taken on a life of its own, running full steam ahead with no conductor, picking up passengers along the way, passengers like stereotypes, judgment, fear, shame. Today it remains steadfast, continuing to collect commuters, leaving a trail of hurts and losses in its wake. This, my friends, is ageism. We know through the research that yes, we do indeed internalize age stereotypes, which in turn negatively affect our health and can even shorten our lifespan. Rarely, if at all, does one avoid the negative impacts of ageism, especially given that it's sewn into the very fabric of our culture. Every time we turn around, we are confronted with an internet ad or a larger-than-life billboard reminding us not to get old. Face creams promising to reverse time. Exercise regimes and superfoods promising to do the same. God help you if you are a woman who ages. Ageism is built into our everyday language. How often do you say or hear somebody say, I'm having a senior moment, as I mentioned before? Or, she looks good for her age. Why not simply say, what a pretty or what a beautiful woman? Then there is, why doesn't she act her age? Or, she should dress her age. We speak and behave in ways without even questioning the harm this causes. Age has become synonymous with many unspoken laws. It dictates how we should feel, what we can and cannot do, what we can and cannot wear, what jobs we can and cannot hold, etc. Then when challenged or disobeyed, it fights back with shame, judgment, and fear. You know, move too far along the age continuum, as if we even have a choice over this biological process, we risk being pushed to the margins of society, ignored, dismissed, treated like we don't even exist. People start speaking for us and talk about us as if we're not even there. I've worked in many hospital settings and have witnessed time and time again doctors choosing to address the son or daughter instead of their elderly parent, the actual patient, despite the fact that they were standing right there and were more than capable of understanding. As if the elderly person was totally invisible, as if they had already left this earth. There is no winning when we live by society's values and beliefs around age. It's a trap. The rules are much too complicated, and all roads lead to failure anyway. Think about it. On one hand, society tells us not to get old or to do whatever we can not to appear old with these creams or even surgery, etc. And on the other hand, when we take steps to do so, we are often shunned or shamed by family, friends, or colleagues who tell us directly or behind our back that... Our choices are not age-appropriate. 
I challenge you to start living age-free, whatever that means for you, not what it means for some celebrity or a friend or even me for that matter. Figure out what living age-free means for you. Does it mean going back to school, changing careers, or just getting that haircut or color you've always wanted, writing that book, or seeking out a love relationship? Whatever speaks to you, you have to figure that out. And when you do, at some point in this process, be prepared for your brain to push back because it will. And it'll give you a zillion reasons why you can't. That's just part and parcel for anyone making changes in life. When this happens, just stop and take a few deep breaths. Close your eyes and give yourself permission to imagine what it would feel like in your body if you said yes to your dream. Imagine what you would look like. Imagine the setting that you're in. Imagine how it feels if you were to say yes to your dream. After all, it won't cost you a thing. Imagination is free. If you are a highly anxious person, start small. Start with small decisions like painting your toenails during the winter months when no one sees your feet but you. Paint them a color you'd normally not have the courage to wear at your age, quote unquote. And continue along this scale, gradually increasing the size of your age-free decisions. Or let's say you dream of writing a book one day. Maybe you can just start slowly by writing things down in a journal, just, just small, and gradually build it up. Or start a blog and go from there. Whatever it is that you desire, just start very small. And lastly, something I practice when I make decisions is I say to myself, if age wasn't an issue, would this still be my decision? If the answer is yes, then I know I'm on the right path. However, if the answer is no, then I know I have to do the work and dig a little deeper because this is a sign that I'm allowing age to be my cage and possibly depriving myself of a life that I deserve. And that's it for today's show. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed making this for all of you. If so, please give it a like or a rating. It really does help other people to find Age Free Woman podcast because somehow the more likes I get and the higher my ratings are, the more visible I am on different platforms. So I need your support, your rating will make a difference. And if for some reason you want to give me a low rating, that's okay. I appreciate your feedback. However, you must also say what you don't like. Why did you make the low rating? If I don't know why, then I can't make improvements. Or you can send me your suggestions to my email address, info at acborn.com. That's info, I-N-F-O, at a S is in Sam, E, A, B is in Bravo, O, U, R as in reward, N as in Nancy, E as in eat, dot com. I will also add this email address in the show notes. 
So again, I just want to say thank you so much, all of you who listen and support my podcast. And until we meet again, do not let age be your cage. You are a shining star.